0: Hi, I'm Simon Thiexton, and welcome to the Thiexton's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year. The way the global obsession with the crime genre continues to grow year on year is simply astonishing, and this year's longlist proves the remarkable talent on offer in crime writing, from legends of the craft to eager-eyed newcomers. The shortlist is already too close to call, so we encourage everyone to get voting. A hearty toast of Old Peculiar to all our longlisted authors for this coveted award and we look forward to what we know will be a fiercely fought competition. In the meantime, I'm gonna have a glass of Old Peculiar because they say an Old Peculiar and a crime novel go very well together. I'll tell you why if you come to the festival in July. Good health.
1: I'm Joe Haddow, and this is our series of interviews with the Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award longlistees. produced and curated by Harrogate International Festivals in partnership with title sponsor Theakston's Old Peculiar. And today I'm joined by author and journalist Stuart Turton. Hello and welcome to you, Stuart. Thanks, Joe. I didn't realise you were going to go that big that soon, so now I feel like I've got to match you. Hello! Uh, very good, yes. <laughs> oh, no, I'm. we go big here. We're right, going okay. big here at Harriet International Festivals. Yeah. Um, it's lovely to see you, uh, albeit virtually. Hopefully, we'll make up for that and be in person soon. And congratulations, of course, on being long Um, The book is The Devil and the Dark Water. Uh, now, anyone who knows your debut, Seven Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, will know that you like a bit of a mind bending plot. Mm. Uh, and this book is no exception. Um, your, f- I remember your first book was described to me before I'd read it as Gosford Park meets Inception, mm. uh, which I liked very much. How would you describe this novel?
0: <laughs> this one's much more straightforward. This, one, this one's Sherlock Holmes on a haunted boat. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's what, after I'd written Evelyn Hardcastle, I was like, what am I doing next? And I tried to pare it down and make it as simple as possible. And then because it's me, as I wrote it, I built it. Back up and made it more convoluted as it went, but as an elevator pitch, very straightforward.
1: <laughs> Good. I think I feel like either you've been asked that before already, or you just know your answer now. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is a, a maritime mystery set in the seventeenth century. Why don't you set up the story for us for those watching who maybe haven't heard of this book yet or or had a chance to read it?
0: Yeah, well, it's set in sixteen twenty nine. And it's about a merchant vessel that's leaving from Batavia, which is Jakarta now, and it's sailing all the way back to Amsterdam. And that's a nine-month voyage. And on board are the world's leading detectives, Sammy Pips and Aaron Hayes. And they are very much a Sherlock Holmes and Watson kind of duo. Um, Aaron's the bodyguard. Sammy's the intellect. He's the investigator. He's the world's most famous investigator, which is handy because as soon as the ship sets sail, all this creepy demonic stuff starts happening on board. Like, Weird things on the sails, animals are slaughtered, people are marked for death, yadda, yadda, yadda. Uh, it should be relatively straightforward for Sammy to untangle, except he's a prisoner. He's been transported back to Amsterdam because he's committed some sort of crime. We don't know what it is. Even he doesn't know what it is. He's locked away in the hold of the ship. He's in manacles. He cannot help. So it's left up to his sidekick. It's left up to his Watson to sort of investigate this mystery in his stead. And that's that's kind of the first two pages of the book. And it's it just <laughs> it, goes, it goes nuts from there.
1: It does, it does. I love that. Uh, that was, and that's just the first two pages, you know. And it's, it's hundreds more. <laughs> <Yeah. time>. uh, <laughs> and, uh, maybe this is an obvious question. Maybe not. Uh, mm. Are you a big Conan Doyle fan? Is that where that sort of influence of the Holmes-Watson thing has come from?
0: Oh, I, I, yeah, I am. But I hate Sherlock Holmes. I hate him. I think he's an enormous prick. Uh, um, and right. I, Yeah, no, I know. Controversy and intrigue, right? Uh, That's what I'm giving you here. Um, I read all of those stories back to back, and I I never got over the Holmes character being, as I said earlier, a prick. I never understood Mm -hmm. that. So you would read these stories, and uh, you would talk about Holmes, and it'd be like, he's there in a drug-induced stupor waiting for the case to come along. And then it would cut back to Watson and Watson by this point would be on his third marriage and his seventh child and he would set up <laughs> practicing Harley Street. And he's had this big life that's going along in the background that he pops in and he's always like, he gets his bit out of the way in two lines, which is a life. And then he moves on to boring old Sherlock Holmes who's, you know, just sulking <laughs> over something and being a drug addict. And I never understood why more people aren't more interested in Watson. I know it's a really weird thing to say, but like that is an interesting character. he's an interesting heart at the center of these mysteries. And I was always... I was really interested in him, was really interested in his bits, and that's why this novel's kind of respect perspective it is. So I really admire Conan Doyle's plotting. I really admire the way he constructs mysteries. I just hate the character he came up with to solve them.
1: <laughs> Very good. I like that. I like that because I, I was expecting you to go, yeah, I'm a great fan and I have you know love the books since I was a kid and Holmes you know, is great. But actually Mate, that was a better answer. You
0: if you'd interviewed me for uh, Evil Hardcastle and asked about Christie, that's what you would have got. I, I answered right. that. <laughs> right. Three years, I was like, I love Christie. I love Christy. So I'm just like let off the hook now, just to be like, oh, I hate Sherlock Holmes.
1: Oh, he's off, Stuart's off the leash. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, uh, what took you to see then? Why Why did you set it where you set it? Was there a sort of spark for that or is that just where the book had to take place? No, I um, I was
0: backpacking around Australia when I was 20 and I came across a, uh, there's a maritime museum in Perth and it had this exhibition that was set up about the wreck of a ship called the Batavia. Um, everyone should look that up, it's horrific, it's really, really horrible, but um, the captain and some of the senior officers went to get help after the wreck. They got most of the passengers off onto this chain of islands, they went to get help and by the time they came back, everyone had been slaughtered because they'd left them with possibly history's first recorded sociopath and he'd maimed and butchered his way across the island and worse. Um, it's a horrific story, but wow. There's so much. There was so much in it. There was so much atmosphere in it. There was witchcraft in it. There was the occult in it. There was, you know, these people making their way across the ocean, they were all desperate for one thing or another. Only a third of them would ever get across the ocean in the first place. Imagine getting on a trip where one in three of you is going to die and being desperate enough to do that. So it was ripe with all this atmosphere and this tension. And and these ships in this period were floating cathedrals. They were just an amazing place to set a story. So I took the bones of it and I built a mystery around it.
1: Fantastic. Well, you create such a great setting and, and atmosphere in this book, and I absolutely loved it. As you know, um, how did it feel when when you heard that you'd been longlisted? That was terrible. I wept for
0: days. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I was inconsolable. I could barely get out of bed. How could they do it to me, Joe? Uh, <laughs> mate, it's seriously amazing. It's amazing because. I never know with these books. Like each book is a big swing. I'm trying to do as broad and ambitious a thing as I possibly can. I'm trying to mix as many genres as I can. I'm trying to tell as big a story as I can. And you never know if it's going to work. You never have any idea while you're doing it. And the other reason I'm doing it is to try and keep myself interested because if I am writing so, so hard. Um, So I want them to be these complicated things. And if you get nominated for an award, it means someone else out there thought it was good. Somebody else thought that it was worthwhile doing. It gives you validation to go and try again for the next book and the next one. Because otherwise, you're just going to break apart mid like because these take me two years to write. Like if people at the end of it just shrug at you, can you imagine? Like I'm going to be up the nearest, the nearest ladder, like contemplating hurling <laughs> myself
1: off. <laughs> yeah, of course, because you spend so much time as a writer often on your own and often with these characters and the plot. And, you know, as you say, good two years to, to get it to what we would read, you know, on the page and actually, yeah, then to, <laughs> to be told, yeah, we like it too, especially for, you know, a, an award that's, that's like the Theakstons, which is obviously renowned. It's, it must be a lovely thing.
0: Oh, it's um, beautiful. And it's so like, yeah. it means that the people that you admire liked your book. That's generally the way that works yeah, as well. Like- yeah. These are people you're encountering. These are people you've spoken to or you've come across. They're people that you either, you know, you look up to or you admire or you just want to have a chat with them. It's just a wonderful thing. And, like, yeah. it's, um, yeah, it is. It blows my mind every time it happens because <laughs> I generally am, like, oh, I'm, I'm doing something great, right and that is wonderful.
1: Keep doing it. Yeah. Um, and what are you most looking forward to um, for, for Harrogate this year? Or at Harrogate this year, shall I say?
0: The beer? I like the beer, yes. a great Tick. deal.
1: Yeah. No, I generally,
0: I've missed people. I think we all have. We've yeah. missed this. As wonderful as your face is on the other side of this, it would be quite nice to see that face in front of me and just have a <laughs> chat to it and run my hands through yeah. your hair. That's right.
1: Like, that's a different thing. We'll sure. Get I that. mean, like, no, I've, fine. That's fine. But uh, it's,
0: I've missed people, I've missed crowds, I've missed audiences, and the, things are slowly coming back. But like I love that part of my job so much. And to sort of like have it taken away was it was really really tough. So yeah, that's why I'm just can't wait to be amongst people again.
1: Well, it's you, me, a pint of Theakstons, and all my hair. Uh, yeah, this year then. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. It's, it's that's all we'll I'm. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Uh, well congratulations again because it's a wonderful book and um, I really really enjoyed it and remember all of our long list of books are available to buy from Waterstones and if you've already read Stuart's book and you know you want it to be the winner this year well head over to harrogatefeastandcrimeaward.com where you can cast your vote but you must do it before the 26th of May. Uh, An absolute pleasure to speak to you Stuart thanks for your time and I'll see you on the lawn in Harrington Thanks
0: mate